Welcome to Indie Insider, the weekly show where we chat with video game industry professionals about their projects, their stories, their advice to others, and, of course, their thoughts on everything indie. I'm your host, Logan Schultz, and today on the show, I sit down with Jack Wagrich, the 16-year-old full-time high school student who is also the community manager of a Silicon Valley startup. Jack and I talk about his work with Zazbot, brutal nature, achieving success at a young age, and what the future holds for him and the indie industry. Plus, Jack shares his advice for aspiring developers and even future community managers. Before we get to the interview, however, a couple of quick notes. This show is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm working to help indie developers reach their goals and new audiences. The company also strives to offer unique, inspiring, and even educational services for developers, publishers, and gamers alike, which is why we get to bring this show to you. Speaking of which, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast services across the internet, and please leave a review. If you'd like to be a part of the show and share your thoughts, questions, or even request a professional to bring on the podcast, send me an email at logan at blackshowmedia.com. You can also find the most up-to-date news on the Indie Insider Podcast on Twitter by following at Logan A. Schultz. That's L-O-G-A-N-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. Finally, special thanks to Jack for joining us on the show, as well as Benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for allowing us to use his song, Going Higher, in the show. And now, community manager Jack Wakerich. Welcome to Indie Insider Today. I am talking with Jack Wagrich. Jack, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's a Tuesday, so nothing too terribly exciting. So, you know, it, it's it's all right. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, you get it, you know. <laughs> um, but you're having a pretty good week. You're on a break from school, right? Yes. Do um, you do, what do you do on a break from school? Catch up. Okay. Lots and lots of catch up. Sure. Um, I got you. Um, I was, I went on an, a break from school that wasn't a break for vacation for catch up at one point, but usually I just do constant catch up over breaks and stuff of all of my little projects because I always end up in too many things. Um, you know, I know how that goes, man. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to realize it's something to do with being an adult, which is terrible. Um, sure. So sure. Now this isn't a break from college. No, I am in high school. You are in high school. You are 16 years old. Yep. So you are officially the youngest guest we've had on Indie Insider. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I'm happy to have you on the show because already at the age of 16, you know, in high school, being a full-time student, you're also achieving a lot in the uh, video game space, in the indie video game industry. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I'm honored by the opportunity for sure well jack jack let's start at the beginning tell me a little bit about you know who you are how did you fall into you know these fantastic opportunities i'm jack wagrich and i live literally next door to silicon valley so that helps oh wow. um yeah i live in santa cruz which is over some small mountains from everything <laughs> um but so that was the big impetus for I, I was always aware of the tech space. It was the most happening thing that was going on when I was six. My cousin showed me RuneScape and I made my name Mr. Wizard. And it's been that ever since. Excellent. Um, and so I was, I guess the, the, the real story picks up with Minecraft. When that first came out, I was, I was an early adopter and um, I was... I was never aware of the server stuff or any of that. I just sort of did my own thing. And then on, oh God, Planet Minecraft, I got invited to do a build team and we built the Great Pyramid of Giza in survival, um, which inspired 10-year-old me greatly and I thought it was wonderful. So I started running build teams and servers um, and that was my introduction to the games industry. And then from there, I'd learned GMing, game game master. So right. I started doing a lot of server stuff. Um, Daisy, um, a lot of Daisy. Um, 
of a fair amount of Minecraft. I don't know if that was my magnum opus as far as servers were concerned. I did get some <laughs> fairly, but it was it was it was me being ten years old at the time, and then. In 2012, my neighbor, because I live in near Silicon Valley, was mm-hmm. starting a tech startup of this this robot idea, and he had this idea to make a video game in real life, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever, and it, it sounds amazing, and the project is is really cool. I won't go into too much detail right this moment, but we he he brought me on as the the 12 year old who knew what 12 year olds wanted and wanted to play with, and got a lot more than he bargained for because I was already <laughs> capable of all the the community management stuff, and so that's where I learned to do social media and and business meetings and. Um, I went to CES with him in 2013. That was super cool. Excellent. Um, if if anyone went to CES who's listening, you remember the the tennis balls because we gave out six thousand tennis balls with our logo on them. Oh and, wow! And yeah. everyone had them. Yeah. So that was that was us. Um, but really, what what got me started on on games was a the the idea that people can make a thing that other people enjoy so much they're they're willing to to um stick around not so much i wasn't interested in the the game part of it so much as the community that was derived from the games okay um like even to this day i don't particularly enjoy most single player games right i won't say i don't enjoy them i don't play them nearly so much as i play something like uh planet side 2 is my mainstay right now excellent um, okay but so the big the big draw for me was always the people and the challenge of getting the people involved so jack let me ask you this then how do you go about balancing school and then balancing, you know, working for these companies and, and doing all of that? I mean, it's it sounds like a lot. It involves a lot of um, a lot of not having like I'm not I don't do sports. I don't do extracurricular stuff besides Boy Scouts, which I've been active in since before I was a game person. Oh, so I can't for you. Um, but I uh, it's it mainly relies on the fact that we have iPads at my school because I go to a relatively rich person school and I can work, <laughs> okay. I can work at, at school a lot, do the, the social media stuff and the um, whatever else, like comment responding and support tickets even if that comes up. I did a little bit of that with Brutal Nature and Nemexia. Um But m- mostly it was... Um, it's 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 done on the weekends. All of the like scheduling, major updates or whatever. All uh, clout. Clout is awesome. Clout is the best thing ever. If you um, <laughs> the, my my two recommendations for anyone doing anything is game in games is have a Discord server and have a clout account, um, because clout allows you to schedule things, and so you don't have to be awake or present when you release whatever it is that your 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 press release or what have you sure um and that makes things a lot easier on someone like me who's doing because i i assume the majority of indie developers are going to have to have something on the side to keep themselves solvent while they're making their game if you're doing it yourself singularly which is the sort of people i end up dealing with and having clout if you don't have someone like me is really nice (laughs) Um, well good for you man i mean i imagine that you're you know, uh, parents, guardians, uh, whoever, have been pretty supportive of you through all of this. They would have to be, right? Uh, man, sort of. <laughs> um, after I won the ginormous argument over whether screen time should be limited or not at about 10 back in the Minecraft days, they, they've been incredibly supportive and absolutely wonderful um, beyond that. Um Sure. As long I mean, as I, I maintain my commitment to go to college, which was never in doubt. So so is that something... Do you want to go to school for this type of work? Is that the plan? Um, I'm, I'm starting to wonder about that because, you know, being 16, you can't ever decide what you want to do for real. Um, <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, but I'm thinking... Um, my, my, I'm, I'm, I could, but I could also do management or sales or something like that that pays noticeably better um sure which is which is a thought but I, i'm probably going to end up in the games industry for sure 
Um, I think that's a that's a goal because I just have experience and expertise here, and it, it doesn't make sense to look for jobs elsewhere when I can use all the resume stuff I've got here. Well, good for you. Um, it's a good way to look at it. I've spent four years building my resume. I might as well use that. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me about Zazbot. Zazbot, is that the right way to say yes, it? Yes, that, that is the right way to say it. Although <laughs> you're, you're allowed to say it however you want. We, okay. we actually have an idea for getting people who are involved in our project. Um, we have, the, the team is very much so multinational. We have Vlad, the industrial designer from Romania, and Eddie, the print the 3d printer guy for, and ejection molding guy from china and the list goes on and on and on um but we have an idea for getting people to say it their own way um so however you say it is technically correct um but the Zazbot started out as a oh god i don't know exactly how old ken is he's um he's been around for a while he's been doing robotics for 40 years oh wow robotics engineer who okay. said i want to make a robot toy after after playing a game with um, pushing <sighs> pushing salt shakers around his his kitchen table and trying to push a I forget what exactly he was pushing off the table but he 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 figured out and he's also a pool player so he figured I could make a robot that plays on a pool table that that plays something like pool and make it controlled by a smartphone and that would be really cool interesting. And so he talked to his friend who was an electrical engineer. He works at, or he worked at SRI. He now works on this project full time. Um, and so he got an electrical engineer friend from SRI to do some part time work for us and then hit my dad up at a neighborhood gathering and said, hey, I have this really cool idea because none of you have ever met Ken, but Ken is awesome and wonderful and a genius and loves to talk about his ideas. Okay. Um, it's 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 really cool when he gets going on something but so he got going with my dad and my dad said hey jack likes all that stuff you should talk to him and then ken talked to me and got a lot more than he bargained for i'm now <laughs> the um the senior manager of game development for the video game portion of the project which i'll get to in a moment sure and uh the community manager but so we from there then on i was i i have i don't, I don't know 25, 30 robots, upwards upwards of several thousand dollars worth of robots under my bed at the moment in another room <laughs> that that I was bought to to play with and to discern the best features of. And so we we designed this robot based on the best features of all of these other robots that we had experimented with and came up with this this module system. I believe that was originally Ken's idea, although I think I, another buddy of mine who's involved in the project, he does a lot of the modeling and design stuff. Macala, mm -hmm. don't ever try and say his name; it's terrible. Um, okay, <laughs> Macala is—he um, might have come up with the modules. I'm not sure exactly. Anyway, the module system um, eventually evolved into this thing where we have a little electronic connection, and you can attach pretty much whatever you want electronic to the top of this robot including cameras more batteries uh we're working on a nerf cannon thingy majog um and so the the robot has all these things that go on top of it that affect the way you play this game which has mm -hmm. evolved to be tennis balls in a wooden stadium instead of a pool table because we figured most people don't have pool tables um and so and then there's clip on things that go on the walls of this stadium that make the game even more complicated so the way that the thing was designed as stages. You you buy this little robot for whatever, 100, 150 bucks. And then you, um, you, you, you play your game for five or six times and then you start buying more and more and more and more modules. And that was our, our profit model. Um, okay. But the, the idea is that you can design your own game and it's, it's in real life and you can 3d print all of these um, modules and stuff. Interesting. That, that's the, the concept, and it's in the process of becoming reality. But where I really got going was when someone suggested that we make a companion video game. Um, and that was a, a friend of a friend that Ken was talking to about the project and suggested a video game to go along with it, and then I got way into that. Um, <laughs> again, I was, I was 13 or 14 at the time, so I, I was excitable. Sure. Um, still am, I guess. 
Um, and so I design the idea for a, a, a PC game that could then be plugged into a, a controller on your real game and it would show the same things. So you could you could play a PC game on a PC keyboard with the, the screen in front of you showing what's going on and have it happen also on the ground. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then from that, that concept grew. We're, we're working on an entirely standalone game right now, and that'll eventually tie into everything else. And then I hired my 16-year-old buddy to do the Unity and so that so that's how I ended up being senior managers because I hired everyone on the team. Um, uh, excellent, of course. And a, and a friend I knew from Star Citizen that did 3D modeling, and that's how we got our 3D modeler guy. So let me paint a picture just a little bit um, yeah. for those listening. Zazbot, it, they're these um, these little robots, like you said. They're kind of like it looks like shaped. a flying saucer. It looks like a flying saucer, like a UFO, and it's got kind of three wheels on it, and it, it but it can move omnidirectionally because of these wheels? Yes. Yes, is that right? <laughs> the omni wheels. It's it's a wheel with more wheels on it. It's it's very engineering. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But yes, if if you're confused, Google it. I can't explain it or anything because I'm not an engineer. Um, <laughs> sure. Wheels with wheels, and it moves all over, and um, these modules actually sit on top of it, like you said. Underneath um, the dome of the flying saucer, for those of you envisioning it in your minds. Right, right, right. Um, uh, but so you can kind of put together all these different real life games based on these uh, modules and what these guys can do. Soccer and, then, and pool and mini golf and whatever. Sure. And then yeah. you then hired a team at the age of how old are you at this point? 14, 15. Yeah. At the age of 14, you're hiring people to to be a team and develop a software component, a video game component that ties into this directly. Yes. I don't know. That's mind blowing to me, Jack. Biggest advice for (laughs) anyone young who's getting into the idea of being involved in this absolute self-confidence because no one in Zawspot really stopped to think, should we do this? It was more of, can we do this for a long time? Which is a great part about the games industry in that that is mindset of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, although, mind you, this this originally started out as a toy that had no no one involved had knowledge of the games industry besides me. Sure. Um, it's, it's hard to explain how that got going, but basically, Adam, the, the, the Unity developer, got involved because... I invited him as a buddy of mine to a launch party. Okay. And um, he he was... Um, I don't want to say he was angry with the state of our Unity de- demo, which had been done by a wonderful gentleman named Dennis who worked on the Spore game. Um, but oh, sure. He had, he had to move on to another project um, because we couldn't afford to pay him full time. And he's an adult. <laughs> so... <laughs> sure. Um, Adam made just got to came to this launch party and tried to play our Unity demo, which was at the time, I believe, a, a disc, a, a, a cylinder with a ball stuck on the top of it, and some balls rolling around in a Fox Stadium that was like lowest graphics you could possibly get. Okay, um, and he was so off-put by the the unity demo that he said i barely know unity and i can make a better unity thing in a week and ken went okay let's do it (laughs) and then adam was employed making a video game for the rest of the next nine months and um then he's he's bowed out because he's doing even harder classes than i am um but we got a uh, guy from ucse involved because i live right by there and they have a great games program oh okay Um, and so he's he's doing postgraduate stuff and working for us. So that's wonderful. Talk to me a little bit about the trajectory of Zazbot. So I see, you know, I'm kind of going through your or through the Zazbot website. I see that there was a launch party uh, at the end of 2015. Oh, God, <laughs> our, our trajectory. Don't think of an arc. Think of uh, a stock market with lots of crashes. Um, okay. So we've had several false starts and uh some some marketing issues and stuff because it's it's 
uh, how do I put this? It's not my fault in that I screwed it up. It's my fault in that a lot of people in the marketing industry had trouble taking me seriously. And so their marketing efforts didn't line up with mine at all because they weren't talking to me enough, I feel. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so we had a false start in, um, oh God, when did we go to CES? I had 2015, 2016, so last year. We had a false start because we went to CES all ready to go. The robots were going. And something changed with the ejection molding and the electronics. And so we ran an Indiegogo campaign that was supposed to have been run by the hired marketing people that went absolutely nowhere. Um, And I was not involved in the Indiegogo campaign at all, which I was frustrated about at the time but can see the reasoning for as being a 16 year old kid who supposedly doesn't know anything about marketing Um, i was gonna say i came across the indiegogo campaign um you had been aiming for a hundred thousand ended up with about two thousand dollars right yes yeah that's disappointing so yeah that was um that was a major setback because we couldn't pay for the ejection molding or and we hadn't sold anything to ship to the indiegogo campaign was massively disappointing the ejection molding process turned out to take a lot longer than anyone involved had realized. And that was just inexperience and it being a complicated, I mean, making stuff in real life is unless you're very determined and very capable, all you indie developers focus on software because, because hardware is hard um, because there, the electrical engineering is still coming together a year after we thought we'd be done. Sure. That was a learning experience. Um, we learned a lot from that, and um, at some point there will be another launch attempt. I don't know what shape that will take. Um, I don't know. Um, the The video game is is nearing completion because, like I said, software is easier than hardware. Um, there were estimates to ship actual copies of the robot in May, but I would be surprised. I'd expect it sometime around the holidays next year. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that that put us at five years development for this project. Um, But a lot of that was sitting around a dining room table talking about how the modules would work and how everything should work. Um, Right, sure. Like a weekly meeting or whatever of not 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 concentrated development that put us at two years of concentrated development, which in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that's not so long, right? It's not not at all. Um, What was the God the, the game? Some game just released with with ten years of development that it, the with the giant flying monster. Oh, thing. Uh, Last Guardian. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's, I know it's, what you're it's, about. Yeah, there's very much so not. Um, but then again, um, indie development is much more limited in terms of time than a AAA game like that ever would be. Sure. Um, if if you don't have it released fairly quickly, someone in the AAA industry will probably steal it. So we're we're talking on. Uh, February 21st, and I see that, I mean, uh, you guys are showing this off at the New York Toy Fair uh, right now, right? Are yes, they up there? Ken and, um, oh gosh, I'm not sure exactly who went. I know Ken is there. Um, and I think Mark, who's the electrical engineer, Ken is the CEO. Okay. Um, Toy Fair is very much so not my area at all, because it's not online at all. It's It's business stuff. Right, sure. And so I, being schooled and stuff, did not figure I needed to go. But um, yes, we are at Toy Fair right now. I actually forgotten about that. (laughs) Just to me, I mean, looking at it, it looks like you guys are, you know, revitalizing a little bit, coming back now and starting to to promote again and figure out what the next steps are. We're just getting ready because the game should be done by May. And at the moment, everyone's working under the assumption that it'll, the, the, the robots will be out by May as well. Interesting. Okay. So tell me, I mean, we've been talking, you know, the ins and outs, the stock market crashes that is Zazbot. <laughs> what have you learned from, you know, these experiences? You have such a unique a perspective. Lot. Yeah. Um, the most important thing about working in, in, a, in a telecommuting environment um, and in an environment where there are a lot of people who are working part-time, but not very many who are working full-time, is to respect the people whose job it is to think about this all the time. Um, because in, in indie development, 
in because I've done a lot of stuff that isn't Zozbot because Zozbot is a very much so part time thing. Mm -hmm. we, we do once a week meetings and I do some stuff on the side for social media and stuff when I um, or I guess I haven't done social media for Zozbot at all because we haven't started promoting and I wasn't in charge of the Zozbot media when the Indiegogo thing happened. Right. Um, so I've I've effectively done nothing for them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> besides a lot of design work and a lot of management, um, and a lot of attempted video recordings for for YouTube stuff that never happened because we never actually started a push that'll all come out eventually. Um, the, the to respect the people who are thinking about this all the time because as someone in a support role, I'm actually I'm wearing my community management shirt that says community manager because. Uh, multitasking part-time ninja is too long um, <laughs> because a community manager or anyone in any capacity that isn't software development or creative design is effectively support personnel and they need to respect the opinions of the not support personnel people and and work with them at, but at the same time be willing to say no I don't think that'll work or whatever because um, for instance brutal nature um, Sorry, Jamie, is a great example, a wonderful example <laughs> of how not to make a game. Um, he made an incredibly complex game, wonderfully designed, amazingly cool, that is so very complicated and over-designed and yet simplistic at the same time because it's a Minecraft similarity. But he had, when I, when I informed him that it was very similar to Minecraft, he didn't respond with, what's Minecraft? He responded with, I've heard that, but I never bothered to play Minecraft to notice the similarities. So he was fully unaware of the fact that he had built a near clone of Minecraft with an infinitely more complicated system surrounding it. Oh, wow. And no one had ever done, he just built a game on his own. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, let's just, you know, yeah. dive in and so people understand. Tell me about Brutal Nature and your relationship with this game. This this is an interesting one. I got brought on as an intern by a company called Incubation Labs, which was, I think they'll excuse me saying, a running disaster from start to finish because the guy who brought me in was fired a month later because he was the chief financial officer and their reports weren't showing good. And so I was just there and I helped with their big flagship product, Nemexio, which is sort of like Clash of Clans, but from 2007. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, which is still going somehow. Um, they rely almost entirely on overseas markets. Um, and so I did a lot of Google translating um, support tickets for them, which was an experience and taught me some stuff about support tickets. And I did some blog post writing and blah, 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 which I consider myself decent at after X many years of English. Um, yeah, English class. Um, <laughs> Brutal Nature was something that they had just brought on. The guy who had just gotten fired brought on this Brutal Nature project and promised to get a contract with Jamie, who was the developer, because he was doing it independently before that. Sure. Um, and so I was sent over there as an intern who had played way too much Minecraft in the past and knew something about that sort of thing and became the, the, the community manager effectively on Brutal Nature as an intern for this company, which I was sort of not happy about because I had been signed on to learn something and not manage their community for a game um because right. i already mostly knew how to do that at that point this was not that long ago that this was this summer um and this fall jamie got nowhere with their contract they wanted like 75 percent of his profits for a bunch of essentially empty promises on what they'd help him with and so jamie moved on my internship finished and i stayed stuck around with jamie and helped him out um in developing and trying to salvage this product um it's very interesting. Um, it's <laughs> it's so imagine Minecraft, but if chemistry was exacting to modern day knowledge, right? So you're mining like saltpeter to make gunpowder, and um, like I I I am not a chemistry major, and so I don't understand what's happening ninety percent of the time. I'm making a recipe in that game. Sure. Um, and there it's like you and it's not even like you can google what does what because all of them are in the ore name he he figured out the name of the ore that you find the chemical in oh wow 
And and so yeah. And it's got a really cool building system that I really love, and I've spent way more time with that than I have with crafting. I get to about pickaxe level, and then I just start building buildings because I've never been able to figure out the crafting system, and I've been involved in the development of this game for three, four months sure. at this point. Sure. And so um, that's a great example of what not to do in a game because people who play it can't get into the depth of it because he built it from the ground up with no outside input. Interesting. So it's just so obtuse that it, it can't, people can't, you know, I've never been out. able to, and I'm a pretty uh, hardcore gamer, I guess you'd say. Um, I just, it, it doesn't, um, it uses real life logic and not, um, not video game logic. And most gamers are just not real life people. Um, <laughs> or, okay. or not not so much not real life people is that they're not people who have studied enough of this information or have figured out that gamers hate reading manuals and if 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 you read the manual i the way i make stuff when i want to make a specific item in the game is i look it up in the manual which he's written and is i think over 100 pages wow and then build it from the instructions in the manual exactingly I, I can't memorize the recipes because there's too much stuff, which is what gamers love to do is, is memorize exactly what's needed and then nothing else. <laughs> so there is, there's a website for brutal nature and there's a uh, minute and 40 second long trailer from what looks like the alpha that you can, can take a look at. And uh, it is, I shot the trailer. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> there, well, yes. there you go. Yeah. Um, and it does look very Minecraft has a lot of similar mechanics and everything, but the graphics are, are more, um, real, more real, right? Not uh, all the way real, but more real because he's, <laughs> he's, he's a developer. Also that's written on his own engine, just, just for side information, which is why it's, it's such a bad idea. Um, tell me about that. He wrote his own engine. He can't port anything. He has to just put all of the props in that he buys or anything that any model in individually himself because he's the only one who knows how to like he'd have to teach someone the engine before he taught them the thing so for a sure. larger company that's much that that works because they have people who can do that and you have a number of people who can um respond there but with just one person having your own engine is a nightmare because he can't bring on any more programmers without holding all work on the game while he teaches them how to do it for like a week or two. I'm just looking at pictures. I'm looking at, um, you know, what this game is. It just looks massive. It It is, but at the same time, it's super limited. It's, it's amazingly complex, amazingly cool, really, really, really in-depth generation system, but it's generated on a high, height map. So the map of, the, as far as like mountains and, rivers and gorges is the same every time sure okay which makes the 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 exploration appeal last not as long so um but that's all schematic stuff the 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 big lesson here is is don't spend three years writing a game in your basement and then realize that it's not applicable to uh the the market what has your experience been like with this project you've been working on it for a few months you said yes um jamie is awesome um i would even go so far as to say he's more receptive to my ideas than ken is which considering i'm essentially the third or fourth person at up in the top of the company for ken out of 20 something is is saying quite a bit or not 20 something anymore eh, a dozen is saying quite a bit because um jamie is 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 really great and really wants to make a good game um but he's too far in now and and we've we've told each other this and he's he's fully aware of that um he's he's too far in now to really change it or to make it applicable to everyone else sure um it's it's sort of evolving towards a, a pvp because he's got this wonderful mechanic with a grapple gun that that really makes up for a lot of the gaps in the game because you can just fly around on your grapple gun and feel wonderful all the time um <laughs> okay because because the grapple gun mechanic is really well designed because he did it in his own engine, which gives him that freedom. Right. It's 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 a, a work in progress and stuff. Um, but the the experience as far as being involved in the project has been wonderful and and also not terribly time consuming, which is something I have to look for. In, sure, in that's projects. important for you right now. Yeah. Um, 
So what's the future of this game, Brutal Nature? I mean, where is this at in its development process? Probably death by uh, not enough marketing money available, um, if I'm honest with myself. Um, I, I don't... I'm a pessimist. Um, I, I don't believe in, in, in being optimistic about your game if, if it's going to take more time and more effort. If you're, if you're going to commit to doing something, especially something major like Brutal Nature that is a really major project, if, if you're going to commit, you have to commit and you have to be done and it has to work fairly quickly like in the indie scene because if you, if you commit for too long, you're gonna not have the money you need to do all the other stuff that goes along with the game that game developers often in my experience don't think of some some really amazing games that i've worked on uh or not so much worked on as been involved with i i was not paid um i i like to get involved with projects like i said of of whatever thing that i personally like that i have time to help with and Mm -hmm. i'll just um but like what's a great example oh atlas for those of you who know who day nine is he's an incredibly popular blizzard game streamer and uh like oh god, five hundred thousand subscribers, if not more. Sure. Um, yeah. He he was involved in a development. He was a game developer for a while, and he promoted this game called Atlas that his studio had just made, or I guess it wasn't technically his studio. Studio he was involved with had just made, and it was it was like a League and Legend of Legends and StarCraft two. It had a baby. It was one of the most fun games I've ever played. <laughs> but they ran out of money, and the thing just went kaput. That was it. It was gone, and I've never heard head nor tail, despite keeping out a really, really close eye. And I mean, they had a game I was playing, and I was one of the alpha testers. It was really cool. Yeah, but there was just nothing as far as extra money, as as I understood it from talking to the devs as this was going on, and it just, bam, gone. So, in your mind, what's the solution to that? You have to budget at the start, and you have to assume that all of your software development will take around twice as long as it does. Um, because in my experience, especially with Zazbud, but also with pretty much all the other projects I've been involved in, everything takes longer than they think it does. Right. Always. Because I can do things really quickly because I'm a community manager. I just have to type some things. It, it takes me two or three days to get caught up, no matter how far behind I am. Um, well, I mean... Yeah, that that's essentially true. Um, but with 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 software programming, it's um, the the bug. I, I don't know. This went around on Reddit for a while with the the bug number four hundred, bug number five hundred, and you flip one switch and two more turn back on. It takes just time to get anything done in terms of debugging and the final touches on a game. Right, you can mm-hmm. get it to the point where you have a a functioning pile of code, but then to get that into something that you want to release. Um, like we had for Zawsbot, for instance, I won't go into too much detail because I'm not supposed to, but we had an essentially functioning video game pro- prototype in August. Okay. But because not everything is perfect and because we need to add more stuff for release after launch because it has to have a schedule, um, we're still in development. And so a lot of people will a wait too long or b spend too much money in development for whatever reason but the 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 solution right i know it's so much easier said than done right no matter what the solution yeah ends up being. Uh, if if i would if it's very much so dependent on what you're doing and how you're doing it like the solution for me because i work primarily in a pc space is going to be completely different from the solution for a mobile developer or a console developer or even someone doing something in the, the, um, I dislike this phrase, but I'm going to use it anyway. The deep indie scene, which is the, <laughs> the, the area where you're not necessarily aiming for, I guess, niche, um, stuff with, um, you're not aiming for the, the main market. Like, Everything I've worked on so far, Zawsbot and Brutal Nature and Atlas and Planet Nomads and all of that is aimed at a wide audience sure. which of, of PC gamers, which is very different from someone making a puzzle game, for instance. Right. Or oh, a platformer. 
Yeah. Um, because that's just a completely different audience. And understanding that when you start development is really important. Or I guess most of you, if you're listening, have already started some form of development. But think about it immediately if you haven't already. What do you think about uh, shifting topics just a little bit? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What do you think about the accessibility in this industry for younger people and people your age? Do you think that it's possible that people can start doing work? Um, so people my age in the indie industry can do incredible things. Um, you, you Every once in a while down here, being in Silicon Valley, you hear, oh, this 16-year-old who made a mobile game and is retiring. You know, that's a thing that exists and happens. Right, um, yeah. I, I have a friend who made a bicycle mapping app and is going to Stanford without much scholarships because he made a bicycle mapping app and can pay for it out of pocket now um, and stuff. So that's not like, it's not like it's hard to get into it or to, to get through to it, but the danger of the indie industry, and I'll touch on this in, in my final remarks, I think, um, because it's so important to, to rationalize, is people in the indis, indie industry are, are not going to, or are very rarely going to win in terms of in terms of their game going viral or whatever you the the key to development is not to go viral or to to see that coming is it's to make games that are going to make a profit and then continue to make games that are going to make a profit until you have the resources to make a game that's going to go viral um because in in all reality making a viral video game or even a viral mobile game or whatever um, out of your out of your basement is approximately as likely as digging a hole in your basement and finding gold. Um, <laughs> it's not like there's there are people in the United States or in any country who that'll happen to if sure. they were to dig a hole, but it's not going to be the majority of you. And so as a kid, if you're going to get into the indie industry, you have to be thinking about what you're going to do after the indie industry chews you up and spits you back out. People in support positions like, like me are basically assured job security compared to a game developer because the reason that i never learned code i know nothing about code i'm not an engineer i know none of that is because i figured well coders are a dime a dozen i can find people coding mods for for free all the time sure interesting. so it's a it's a skill that a lot of people have and that means you're competing with a larger number of people no matter what you're doing triple mm -hmm. a or indie or whatever so you you have to be willing to you have to be willing to take hits and to expect them and to plan for them on some level. And then at the same time to stay optimistic about your product and keep innovating, which is a very hard thing to do. So for a kid, yes, go ahead, try it. It's, it's a wonderful experience. It's really cool, especially if you're a developer. That's something that most people will just never experience is taking that moonshot attempt. But at the same time, have a backup plan don't go into debt making a game that won't sell what would you say to then the people who are budding community managers the people who want to be in those support positions because they're out there right yes absolutely play social games way too much <laughs> i mean i have <laughs> let's see here opening up steam i have 1500 hours in planet side 2. wow um i had in excess of 5,000 in Minecraft, if I remember correctly. Um, I I log a colossal amount of time. I mean, f during, I was homeschooled in fifth grade because my parents wanted to travel and they wanted to take me along. And I logged six to eight hours a day on Minecraft servers that whole time. Sure, yeah. Um, you have to be, again, I said it earlier, self-confidence. You have to be absolutely confident in your own ability to do anything anyone asks, even if you know for a fact you don't know how, because Google is the best thing ever. And you can probably figure out how to do something as well as the other person they could hire for a lot more money, if you're confident in yourself. That's a lot of, I'm not going to lie, that's a lot of what I've done, is, is I learned to do social media from reading blog posts and Google and all of that. And I learned to do support tickets and blog posts and all that from Google and that it's um, you, you have to get out there. You have to go, you have to do it now because 
while you are doing something that has less competition, there are also a heck of a lot less opportunities. You can't start a, I guess you, you could start some sort of community management consulting thing, sort of like what I've got going, but uh, that's a bad idea. Get, get a real job. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's absolutely something you need to, you need to do first the, the talking to people, the manipulating groups, the learning to control people's reactions to stuff. It's you need to do it to learn it. And even if you don't entirely know how to do it, get out there and try it. Um, do internships, do lots of internships. Don't worry that you don't know how because most people don't know how. Do you feel like you've missed out on things in school when you've yeah. been working so much on the side? Yeah, yeah. Um, I It's not so much that I've... Um, I don't know that I personally have missed out on things. I know that to have my lifestyle, you have to miss out on things. So I sort of assume that I have. I'm not sure what exactly it was that I missed out on, though. Um, I that's that's the only part of this that my parents are less than okay with is is the the not being social. I mean, I don't go out on weekends. That, sure. it just doesn't happen. Um, I, I love hanging out with people. People are really cool. It's not like I'm antisocial. My job is literally <laughs> to deal with people. I'm, I'm right. the rarest of things, a social nerd. Um, but it's, um, I'm betting, not, not betting, trading my, my high school experience, which after a somewhat dismal younger experience, which drove me towards video games in the first place, um, which I'm sure many, 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 many gamers have experienced. Um, so I, of course, won't go into detail. But the it, it drove me towards this idea of, well, if high school is going to suck as bad as the rest of this did, I guess I'd better just do good stuff now and, and catch up and get my resume going now and then not have, and have time to have fun and be secure in my job or whatever later on when things are more fun. Because as a, as a child, people always tell you, just wait till you get to college. Everyone will love you in college. Um, so that was, that was the thing. And I'm, I'm not actually German. I joke that I'm German. My, my family is of German <laughs> descent. Um, but I, a lot of my philosophy is based off a, a guy named Karl von Clausewitz, who basically said, if you're going to do something do it really, really fast, really, really hard, and put everything into the goal. So I'm fully aware that I may not want to be a community manager by the time I'm 22, but I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can to be the best community po manager I possibly can right now because I'm assuming that I'll keep my current goal, even though that's quite possible that I won't. But it's, it's a waste of time to assume that you won't have a goal or you won't have the same goal and to not pursue that goal with as much force. Well, I was going to ask you what you think is in the future for you, but it seems like you may have already answered that, that maybe you don't necessarily know, but you're going to give it your all no matter what, right? Yes. And the the future of my career is is probably, if I'm honest with myself, AAA, um, because there just isn't room for someone paid enough to support any sort of family or even myself, even I don't really think in, in the indie community management scene. There's, I mean, maybe some of those smaller publishers could afford to pay someone like that but um people like daybreak games and like 2k and like i mean even big names blizzard are are constantly looking for community management because they need that a lot more than they need development um so that that if i'm honest with myself that's probably where i'll end up <laughs> well i hope you and i can stay in touch i want to see where you end up <laughs> um, because I really do, I appreciate your hustle. It's clear that you've, you know, you've worked really hard for all of this. You put in a lot of your time, you put in a lot of your effort. Um, and you know, in somebody who's, who was only 12 when all of this started, I mean, that's a rare trait. So congratulations. This is all well-deserved. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, do you have any advice, any final pieces you want to share with anyone else? You've already shared a lot. Yeah. Um, there are several routes into the PC games industry. And unarguably and undoubtedly, the worst is indie games, unfortunately. Um, like I said, brutal nature and stuff. But you indie people that are doing this, that are going out and creating games in, in ways that most of us can't even imagine, are the, the Vincent van Gogh and the Anarch von Manstein and the Tesla people who are going, going to do stuff that the rest of us can only really grasp 
if you're willing to tell us about it. Um, there are so many things that the game industry can do that it hasn't yet. There are so many avenues and options and places to make great games. Like the idea that Minecraft was the one-off game that suddenly became wildly popular and stayed that way for years and years and years is completely false. I've seen a half dozen games that could have made that great leap. And there are so many options out there that just because I was quite negative on the, the industry and that it's a hard thing to do, really hard thing to do, does not mean that it is not a worthwhile thing to do. Um, my, my favorite quote is, is rules are not necessarily principle, sacred principles are. And the, the rule of you needing to pay for everything and, and worrying about all that is is important and is going to kick you in the rear eventually but the principle of making something amazing is worth it if you can that is pretty solid advice from jack wagrich uh of zazbot and brutal nature uh and what sounds like a lot of projects to come uh, <laughs> this of course has been the indie insider podcast it is the weekly show where i get to chat with fantastic professionals uh people from all over the video game industry and hear their stories their advice for others and their thoughts on the indie video game scene it is presented by black shell media a publishing and marketing firm out there to help people make great games and connect them with great audiences and of course they have an educational component which is why i get to bring this show to you and i get to talk to fantastic people like jack here now if you are interested in being part of the show if you have thoughts questions concerns if you want to ask jack something i can pass it along we'll get him back on the show shoot me an email logan at blackshowmedia.com you can also find me on twitter at logan a schultz and let me know what you think uh, jack if people have really found your story your work really interesting if they want to find you out on the interwebs how can people follow you um i have a very just recently started new blog called the community manager born in 2000 um that's on wordpress and then i have a twitter at mr wizard 70 i have a youtube mr wizard 70 if you see someone named mr wizard 70 it's either me or some angry polish dude um, <laughs> who stole my name at one point All right this has been jack wagrich uh, jack thank you so much for coming on the show today it's really really been a pleasure to talk to you and hear your story thank you yeah 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 this has been indie insider and we will see all of you next week <laughs>